Welcome to Teaching Channel Talks. As often as I can, I speak with experts about issues that really matter in education. And today you're going to want to hold on to your seat because I have Shovik Paul, who is an executive with CopyLeaks, and we're here to talk to you about chat GPT and artificial intelligence. Show, welcome to my show. Thanks, Wendy. Uh, yeah, exciting, exciting times. And it seems like uh, it's all happening so quickly, right? People can hardly stop talking about it. And this just sort of released in November of 2022. And here we are a handful of months later. But this is not a new concept for you. This is a this is a lifelong career world that you've been in. Tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, so me personally, I've been uh, since the late 90s, I've been involved from ed tech to media tech uh, to security tech, uh, all in the SaaS area. But to me, what we've been working on in CopyLeaks, which is a uh, enterprise level, institution level SaaS software, um, to really detect the origins of content, you know, is, is, is you know, where did this content come from? Um, this has been one of the most exciting things I know I've personally been a part of, especially, you know, people talk about right place, right time. <laughs> I mean, we started building stuff to tackle AI detection a while back, and it just seems like right place, right time. ChatGPT just took off. What was it in, in Thanksgiving time? And, and uh, now we're sort of like the talk of the town. It is something. It, I love that you've described copy leaks as um, an, a way to look at the origins of content, because I hear you very carefully avoiding some of the words that are often associated with uh, origins of content in education, like cheating and plagiarism. Yeah, no, exactly. Look, I, I'll, I'll tell you. So the founders of this company, they were actually, um, they met when they were in um, unit of the Israeli military, that that's like a cybersecurity unit, and they met there doing um, text analysis. And when they came out of, of the military service, they wanted to put that understanding to some good use, right? And, and so education was an area where, you know, if you, if, you, if you look at it, there wasn't a lot of use of AI. Like other industries were quick to adopt that technology and figure out how to use it. With education, it really wasn't being used. It's AI because we were like, look, we want to understand the meaning of the sentence, the meaning of the paragraph, because once you can understand the meaning of the paragraph, you can start connecting the dots, right? And you can start saying, hey, even if you change the words here, we can connect the dots. And, and again, let's, let's really take it and try to do something good with it, right? So rather than saying to the students, we're going to use this, and again, if all you're doing is looking for copy-paste, then it is a policing tool. If you start looking for more than that, now imagine saying to students, hey, look, we are going to help you here, right? Because every educator, they're not it. They didn't get into education to police. They got into education to help, right? And so there are, and we hear this a lot from foreign students that have come to this country. They're like, listen, like, I didn't even know what the word plagiarism meant before, <laughs> before I, I joined the university here. And, and yes, you can explain to someone very quickly and easily, don't copy paste. Like, that's not okay. But when the teacher says, hey, make this into your own words, that's confusing. There's a lot of gray area there, right? And so what we found is, you know, we work with now hundreds of universities. And by the way, we are integrated in at the LMS level. In other words, like, you don't oh, have yeah. to go 
do the any. Hand, the like, handshakes are natural between the it, systems, it, aren't exactly, they? Exactly. Exactly. What we found is, and again, the reason we wanted to get into this is because we wanted to apply AI in a meaningful way. So, for example, you know, it, what you're, you know, and 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 if you go into our system and you run a report on, let's say, George Washington, we'll show you all the matches around the web, around, we have a proprietary database, all the matches. But when you look at it, again, if all you were doing is looking for identical matches, right? Like did someone copy paste? It would be insignificant if someone had changed the words, right? Even a student accidentally, or, or again, if they didn't understand that by make it your own, that doesn't mean like add in some, you know, change around some synonyms, like, like the idea here is when you put in or factor in paraphrase content, even if the if the paragraphs are differently worded, we're able to connect the dots, you know, and and this led to some interesting things. By the way, Wendy is, you know, again, the vast majority of students out there. I think when you see things like plagiarism, it's them forgetting to do something, right? They they forgot to cite a quote. They um, didn't understand again, like you know, like make it your own again is, is is a pretty broad term and there's a lot of gray areas. Stuff like this helps them identify it. If you can, rather than saying, I'm going to run a plagiarism report after your assignment submitted, what we are finding is a lot of the universities that have, that have been using us, they're allowing students to see these reports when they're submitting drafts. Like, why not, right? Exactly. Why not let them help themselves, yeah? Um, and And so we've seen again our idea of going into um ai was to bring something like this and help and that as you can imagine has evolved over time into this chat gpt world that we're living in now let's talk a little bit about chat gpt because you've made it clear that you've been in this space of ai and and we're ready for it are there some benefits to chat gpt when what are those that can help educators get excited about it instead of being afraid? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, first of all, the fact that educators are afraid is pretty normal, right? I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised, right? It's think back to the early days of the calculator. It's like, whoa, I'm teaching you how to do math. And you're telling me that calculators, no one didn't stop at calculators. And it went from calculators to Excel sheets, right? Doing far more complex things, right? And, and so it is scary. It's scary times. Um, when anything new comes out, by the way, when the internet came out, I remember having similar conversations. Do 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 students just go to these websites and copy information from the internet? Um, <laughs> right? And 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 uh sharing when file sharing became easy, right? It became like it's almost this evolution that we've seen, right? It like if you really think about it and take a step back from a let's go back to you know if you're worried about a student cheating or plagiarizing or whatever it used to be i'm sitting in a classroom physically and all you had to do was look over your shoulder and 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 see someone's paper and that's as a as a, as a institution that's what you were looking out for did they look over the shoulder you know and that went on for years and years that's how you did it if you wanted to you know get away with it or whatever like that was the way you did it we didn't have to think about it in any other way then the internet comes along and it's like, well, you mean you don't have to look over the shoulder. You can share with someone around the world somewhere. And, and how do we monitor that? But again, if you look at the evolution of the internet, right? Like that took the adoption rate 
again, we forget, but it took a decade for people to catch on or more to what the internet was and how to truly use it, right? And, and in mass. And so we had a very long time in education to figure out how to deal with those problems, right? And the problems change, right? It's no longer looking beside you, it's looking halfway around the world and schools popped up to help us like, again, detect plagiarism and stuff like that. Now, your question was, how can this be used for good? The truth is like, look, we don't know yet. <laughs> right? We don't know yet, but there are some guesses here. I believe that the phase we're going through is the phase we go through with any emerging technology, which starts with fear. And then when there is mass adoption, like we've seen here, we will start seeing, I mean, there's a lot of talks about this displacing certain jobs, but what I believe, Wendy, is that just like with the calculator, there were, what it did was it accelerated things that you need to do. And then it allowed you to work on something more complex or spend your time on something better is what we'll see come out of this. So that's one thing. I think another thing we might see, again, these are all wild guesses, right? Nobody really knows. But another thing we might see is this equivalent of showing your work, right? Like in math, it became cool. Use a calculator, no problem, but show your work. With written content, I believe we're gonna start seeing some equivalent of that. What that is, I'm not really sure yet but we'll see the equivalent of show your work. So it's not about beating it. It's not about preventing it. I've seen, you know, the New York school system was one of the first to say, we're gonna ban this from our schools, chat GPT from our schools. Yeah, as, as though they're going to actually stop people from using it. <laughs> oh, oh, right, and, and my question was just like, wait, how, how do you do that? Like, you, the can, first thing you said is it, it could make education, uh, it could drive education, drive teachers to, to work on tasks that are more complex. And I, I've got some notes about that where we can let the machines do things like recall, classification, labeling. We can have, uh, have technology gather sources for us, but the analysis requires a, a human brain. The... Um, the interpretation, synthesis, evaluation, those are things where I, it, we'd have to take another huge leap in technology to get those complex, higher order skills. Uh, yeah, no, ex exactly. Or think about um, the fact that it, it could be used in a different kind of way. And this, this is the kind of stuff that we've really been thinking about is like, that's becoming, look, we live in a far more isolated world than ever before. There's a lot more remote learning. There's a lot more things like that. And so sometimes having that like, that base of sharing ideas is a, seed. a lot harder. Exactly, right? So what if you can use this as that base? It's like, look, I'm stuck on this idea. Let, let me get some base to get me started. And then I use this not to copy paste, but to really jog some ideas and that's some of the stuff that we are working on now to, to to figure out how do we bring good elements of chat gpt right into let's say you're responding to a question right and it says you know again based on what we know hey not here's the answer but here's a couple of things like keywords subjects that you're missing from this answer that would make it into a much better answer that takes away that almost takes away that temptation of wanting to go 
to ChatGPT see the answer and like copy paste it in. Like things like this are ways that you can help students to, to leverage the power of this new technology without like that fear of like, hey, did they copy paste? And look, if that's your concern, and, and sure, that's that should be your concern is how much of this stuff in the future is going to be just taken off of the chat GPTs of the world. But there are characteristics of what chat GPT generates that are indicative of AI. Long sentences, too, exactly. too much complexity, lack of emotion. Yeah, 100%. I mean, look, the, the truth is AI today mm -hmm. is not magic. It's, it's, you know, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but like probably a good thing that AI is, is not, you know, it, it, it's still not really thinking for itself. It's learning from others, right? Ultimately, it's re to me, it's like where we are, especially with the tool like ChatGPT. And by the way, ChatGPT is not the first tool. They did it really, really well. Um, that came out, ChatGPT came out around um, Thanksgiving time, right? But, you know, you have tools like Jasper and, and others that have been on the market helping helping companies, their marketing departments write marketing content for a few years now. And, and by the way, because in our business, we started on the education side, but we launched an API, which brought the power of everything from plagiarism detection to a lot of other things, again, that we'd learned from the from content analysis, written, you know, finding the origins of content. On the plagiar on the education side to the enterprise side, where we have companies like Cisco, the United Nations, Accenture, uh, NASA, we have we have over 300 companies using us there. Where again, for a variety of reasons, right? They want to make sure that their writers, you know, a lot of writers writing white papers, research papers, blogs, stuff, they want to make sure they're not plagiarizing, or they wanted to make sure their competitors were not taking their content and again rewording it and taking it. But what, because we were working with the enterprise side very, very early on, they, they tend to be much more early, earlier adapters than well, everything um, in education moves slowly. <laughs> we know that. that's right. <laughs> That's a tough beast to move. Right. So on that side, we saw these trends and we started building for it again, as I was saying earlier, we, we were, that's why within a month of ChatGPT coming out, we were ready to go with a full, like every university, every school that was using our integration into their learning management systems, like the Canvases or Moodles. The, on Jan 1st, aside from the plagiarism report, everything that was coming to them, every assignment was showing them whether uh, it was also written by AI. Let's shift and really focus on education and what we can offer to teachers for guidance on how to use ChatGPT. You gave a recommendation already about using AI or ChatGPT to help students evolve their work. Like, let's acknowledge that this tool exists, write your draft, and then let's run it through. And let's be critical about the changes, improvements, or edits that are made and, and talk about why they work or don't and use that to inform uh, future writing assignments. I think you, you've offered that as a really specific recommendation. What about um, creating study guides for students? This is one chat GPT use I've heard where a teacher can run a student writing sample through and then look at where there are deficiencies or opportunities for improvement and use that to customize study guides 
for individual students. That becomes an incredible differentiation tool. Yeah, absolutely. I think using it for things like study guides, you know, honestly, sometimes, and again, I'm not talking about this for every type of class, but for mm -hmm. certain types of classes, even to come up, like see what like the ideal answer would be for an ad, for, for a question answered by ChatGPT. Maybe there's a point as a professor, this happens as a teacher, you, 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 you think you know the best answer, maybe you missed a point, use it to check yourself maybe, right? And see if there's certain things that, that should be included in that answer that you're, you didn't think of that you should be looking for. There's definitely an understanding that ChatGPT offers the risk of perpetuating bias and the risk mm -hmm. of spreading misinformation. Not, not thinking about copy leaks as a detection tool, but ChatGPT as, as an influencer of our thinking. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, look, so this is where, again, being an AI company, right, we're able to see that, like, and understand what the differences are here, right? So ChatGPT is, like, taking into, again, it's, it's not, it's not learning from a specific data set, it's opening it up to the, to the web, right, to everything that's out there. It's saying, this is my cohort of folks that I want to learn for. It just happens to be every blogger. Like that includes, by the way, like you know, right? All the noise, all the stuff that we know is, you know, it's got the really good curated content written by the most reputable news agencies, and then it's also got all the noise that we very often hear and dislike about the web, right? And it's taking all that into account, and maybe in time it'll get complex enough to somehow learn and weed out that noise, right? The question then comes up, like. How does that determine what's good and bad? Who's to say that, you know, this is good, that's bad. As we know in the world that we live in, everyone's got different thresholds for what they consider, you know, on their spectrum of good, bad, evil, left, right, however you want to define these things, right? So so the 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 bottom line is it's using all of that right now in not it's not bad, but it's not great in terms of how it's aggregating that data, right? And when we compare it again with with copy leaks, what we did was, you know, we've had this history of like we've been analyzing all these like millions of student papers. Again, student papers tend to be, um, you know, they're trying to get the best grade possible, right? So they're using factual. Hopefully, they're using factual information. It's being graded by by professors. Again, universities around the world in different languages. But we've gotten really good at understanding what like good data is, right? And when we compare it to the data that's coming in, again, at CopyLeaks, we're looking for plagiarism, we're looking for AI content. So when we see both of those, we're noticing a few different things in these early days. Number one is a lot of their, a lot of their writing is not that great, by the way. You will be able, you didn't need us to tell you in, in some of these cases that it was written by AI. You know what I mean? Like it, it was, if you're a professor, you, you'll be able to, especially if you're, a tenured professor who's been written, reading student papers for a while, if you read that paper, you would know that that, that was not and written by that student. We hear ChatGPT is uh, producing papers that pass exams, even law, sure. law school classes, but they're not getting A's. <laughs> that, that's right. And that's right. It, it, they're not getting A's. Um, and look, I mean, in all fairness, it's it's also ChatGPT is based on GPT-3. When GPT-4 comes out, it'll get even more complex. So like, it'll get better and better. 
Um, our job, by the way, on the on like on the copy league side is, you know, people are like, how are you guys doing this? It, it's to me, it's sort of like, you know, I live in a Manhattan apartment. If I hear knocking on the wall, to me, it's just knocking. But if I knew Morse code and I was listening for that pattern, I'd be able to say, oh, that actually spells a word. Um, and this is the message that's being communicated. It's similar. We are using AI to fight AI, essentially. That's the only way you can do this stuff um, in an intelligent kind of way. Shovit Paul, thank you for the insights that you've offered today for helping educators think about chat GPT and artificial intelligence as tools. There's a lot to think about, and I imagine this is a conversation that we'll want to continue in the coming months and years as the whole thing evolves, continues to evolve. <laughs> to my fellow educators, thank you for joining us. Be sure to check out the show notes linked below to explore resources and articles that Shovik and I discussed today. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to subscribe to Teaching Channel Talks on whatever podcast listening app you use. And I'll see you soon for another episode. Thank you. Thank you.